Good morning. It's Tuesday, August 13th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, I love it when we get our clear and obvious lead item for the next day's podcast before the lunch bell even rings here at the 24-7 Sports Headquarters, which it does. We have a lunch bell and everything. It's great. (laughs) Um, The Miami Hurricanes announced on Monday morning that redshirt freshman Jaron Williams will begin the season as their starting quarterback, winning the job over Nikosi Perry and Tate Martell. We'll learn some more about Jaron Williams and what this means for the Hurricanes in a bit. But Trey... There's a reason that after Williams was named the starting quarterback, it was one of his challengers for the position whose name was trending on Twitter. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised that Tate Martell becomes the story here. He's been in the spotlight since he committed to Washington at the age of 12. Uh, He broke out of that pledge in 2015, and then he sort of blew up uh, as a tantalizing dual threat prospect that had a topsy-turvy recruitment. He committed to Texas A&M, decommitted, and then posted like the equivalent of a top 25 on Twitter. Fans never like that. And then he ends up at Ohio State. He's ranked very highly in the 24-7 sports composite for the class of 2017 as the number 56 player in the class. Spends two years in Columbus. The arrival of Justin Fields in January, obviously sent Tate Martell to Miami. And then we assumed there that, especially after the after the NCAA declared him immediately eligible for really no good reason, that he'd be the starting quarterback for Manny Diaz. But we started hearing in the spring that uh, actually he's running third. And uh, it ha- hasn't changed a bit with Jaron Williams winning the job now. So we're going to bring in uh, 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting and CBS Sports National Rival Barton Simmons, who's covered Tate since the beginning. And Barton, you wrote an article Monday on 24-7 Sports sort of defending Tate Martell and laying out the circumstances he's been victim to. Why do you think he needed to be defended? <laughs> yeah, well, I think those are two different things. I don't know that I'm necessarily ready to call him a victim but I did feel like he needed to be defended a little bit. Um, he is, as you mentioned, I mean, committed when he was 12 years old. That's not his fault that he's been hyped to this degree for this long. Um, he is, I think people just like to, they like to dance on the graves of, of, of people who may not even be dead. Um, and, and Tate Martell, uh, you know, um, it, it isn't dead. I mean, he he is not. He, he's he's still he's a redshirt sophomore with a lot of college football career left in him. And uh, I think that there it's just sort of a it's an odd look to see the level of um, joy people find in someone else's sort of struggles. And so I, I guess I guess that was sort of what led me to. To defending him a little bit on Twitter and 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 my defense of him is is this it's that yeah he was hyped because he's been you know being recruited since he was in elementary school practically um, but he also was good he was 43 and 0 as a starter at the number one program in the country and won some huge games and had some huge moments and that said he is 511 and we also as evaluators sort of understood what that meant for him. And he was ranked a little higher on other sites, but for us, he was ranked 92nd in the country, which is really high. And this is not meant to be a defense of our rankings. That might very well be wrong. It probably is. It probably was too high, but it's the guys who have beaten him out to this point. 
you know, he lost the job to Dwayne Haskins. No surprise there. True freshman guy goes on to be a first-round draft pick. He was ranked higher than, than Tate Martell by us. Uh, Justin Fields comes to town pretty clearly to take the starting job. That, that was made clear, and so he leaves um, to you know with, with the Ohio State coaches having no issue with that. Well, Justin Fields is the number two player in the country. Uh, now he loses the job to Jaron Williams, and everyone sort of acts like that's some big shocker, failing to remember that Jaron Williams – was ranked 89th in the country, three spots higher than Tate Martell one class later. So all that to say, Tate Martell is a victim of basically the hype that was created surrounding him. And at this point, he's, he really hasn't even failed. He's just sort of on a slow trajectory at the quarterback position. And uh, I, again, I'm not saying, this is not a myth to be a, me, me you know, stooping for, uh, Tate Martell and defending a ranking. That, that's not what this is about. It's just about, look, let's let the guy continue on his college football career, wherever that may take him, and just see what happens. Let, let's not just sort of bury the kid for losing the job to another really good quarterback prospect. Well, there's something about Tate Martell that people don't like. Uh, as a recruit, I guess you could say brash, cocky, at least on Twitter. I mean, he had a pretty legendary DM regarding uh, A&M competitor Nick Starkle. Uh, Barton, when you saw Tate at various events, I'm not sure how much you talked to him. What was your impression of the the Tate Martell persona? I mean, he doesn't. He's not super self aware. He's he is he he bought into his own hype to a certain degree, I think. But uh, I, I mean, are, are we are any of us our best version of ourselves when we're 18 years old? Uh, I wasn't, you know, and so I, again, he's 21 now. Is he? He's learning some lessons along the way there's no question about that um and if he's if he's not he will um but I, I think you know he was in the qb1 series on netflix that i didn't even watch but apparently it was a really bad look for him um and again i think when you are someone that's really successful that doesn't carry themselves with a lot of humility people feel like they need to humble you and i, I got a feeling tate's Tate's been humbled at this point without Twitter jumping on him. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what his next step is. Barton, there's a juicy nugget at the bottom of the article you wrote today on 247sports.com. There's some growing up, this is your quote, there's some going, growing opinions that Martell, a 5'11 athlete with 2,300 rushing yards in high school, would be well-suited catching passes out of the slot. I need to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of the... One of the many directions that someone can go when they're an undersized quarterback who actually is also really athletic. Uh, and Tate has, uh, you know, we were at, on our uh, one of my text threads earlier today, and, and I'll give a shout out to Greg Biggins, who is uh, the guru of the West when it comes to recruiting. And, you know, he's seen Tate as much or more than anybody. And he was talking about how, you know, he's seen Tate run around catching passes at uh, quarterback camps and, and he's got natural pass catching ability like the ball skills are there um and he is very athletic and he is sudden and and has um just some twitch and body movement to his game that that always worked at the quarterback position and that short area quickness was like the best one of the best qualities he had and so as a slot uh you know guy that could create some space get some separation as a route runner um, there, there's a lot of those guys with a lot of success in, in, in all levels of football right now. So I'm not saying that's where he needs to go, but in the spectrum of options, I think you got to include that as one of them. 
Last one. Uh, you recorded on an episode of Cover Three, which is your own college football podcast, uh, much lengthier than ours. Uh, before Miami made its announcement that you said you thought the Hurricanes should go with Jaron Williams as their starter. What led you to to make that call? Well, I think, first of all, he's the best thrower of the three. He's the most accurate passer of the three. And when you've got Danny Enos coming in, a quarterback coach that has been really successful in developing guys as passers, uh, and, and, and when you have – the weapons that Miami has, because I think they have some really, really good weapons. I mean, KJ Osborne's an NFL receiver, the, the transfer from Buffalo. Jeff Thomas is, is dynamic and explosive. Brevin Jordan's is coming into his own as a really talented tight end. Like there's all these guys that can catch the pass, passes from. I think their offense is best suited with Danny as his offensive coordinator and those weapons around them to have someone that's capable as a thrower. So I think that should have been priority number one. It appears it is. Secondly, it feels like he is, Jaron is a little bit of the safest pick of the three as well in terms of guys can handle his business on and off the field, a guy that is going to be, I think, be able to earn the respect of his teammates. And another, a guy who, who, look, when he showed up as a freshman last year, this is his redshirt freshman year coming up, he was, the hope was he was going to win the job. He was recruited, and when they signed him, they, the, the people I talked to in that building were saying, yeah, we're really hoping Jaron comes in and wins, wins this thing. And so he's one year late on that, but uh, from watching him in high school, the progressions and strides that he made, just getting better every time we saw him, I mean, in some ways, if you just project that out, and it's not a steep curve, but it's a, it's a you know, it's, the, the, the line, the arrow is pointing up, um, there's there's every reason to think that hey Jer- this is just the first step and some incremental steps towards Jaron Williams being a really good quarterback. Now it's going to be really fascinating to see you know what that means and what that really looks like this fall with that defense and this sort of weird quarterback battle where we had no idea like what the offense is going to end up looking like. Um, it needs to look better than it did last year, and if it does, in that defense, it's uh, you know it could be pretty good, pretty promising for Miami. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see him make his debut in a mere eleven days against mm. Florida. Thank you, Barton. Yep, thanks. One more key note there on Tate Martell. Martell was absent from Miami's practice on Monday afternoon. The reason for Martell's absence from practice at this time, six a.m. Central on Tuesday morning, is not known. Another quarterback battle wrapped up on Monday as true freshman Jaden Daniels, the number 35 overall player in the 24-7 sports composite in the class of 2019, won ASU starting quarterback job, beating out Dylan Sterling Cole and Joey Yellen. Staying out west, top 24-7 wide receiver Rome Adunze committed to Washington late on Monday night. Adunze goes to Bishop Gorman High School, which, as you might remember, is the same high school attended by Tate Martell. Texas had a great day. Not only did the Longhorns land four-star defensive end Princely Umanlian, boosting them up to the number six class in 2020, but the team announced the injuries suffered to starting running back Keontae Ingram and star safety Caden Stearns in Sunday's scrimmage aren't severe and that both are expected to play in the August 31st opener versus Louisiana Tech. All right, we are going to take a quick break. And on the other side, Auburn's got a new play-by-play man and a new visual identity system. Plus, find out which SEC school is leading the country with over $13 million spent in severance payments to former coaches. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. 24-7 Sports has released the third annual 30 Under 30 on Monday, a ranking of college football's top coaches and staffers under, you guessed it, the age of 30. You can check out the full list at 247sports.com. Highlights include Auburn Offensive Coordinator Kenny Dillingham, two former Kansas State quarterbacks in Colin Klein and Jake Waters, Kellen Moore's younger brother tearing it up as Fresno State's receivers coach, and LSU passing game coordinator Joe Brady, who's being asked to guide the Tigers' air attack into the 21st century. According to some great reporting by USA Today, Tennessee was the only public institution that reported more than $13 million in severance payment during the fiscal year that ended June 30th. Nebraska, Florida, Arizona State, and UCLA topped 12 million in reported severance costs, and all of those schools fired their football coach in 2017, which explains that high figure. Tennessee, though, also had that settlement in the $2 million neighborhood for athletics director John Curry after his botched coaching search. Andy Burcham is the new voice of the Auburn Tigers, filling the shoes of his friend Rob Bramblett after Bramblett and his wife Paula were killed in a tragic car accident this summer. Burcham's a veteran with 25-plus years of calling Auburn baseball and women's basketball. But that's not the only new era being ushered in on the plains. Auburn fans, say hello to your new visual identity system. As we discussed last week, Brandon Marcello was first to report some slight tweaks to Auburn's interlocking AU logo. Marcello received a few follow-up emails from Auburn's athletics department insisting that it is incorrect to say that Auburn has a new logo. Uh, Their correction says Auburn has a new visual identity system that includes tweaks to the AU to make it more usable in digital forms, which is the primary way in which it is currently used. The tweak involves making the U the same size as the A. Previously, the U was significantly larger than the A. So I don't know, sounds like you changed your logo and now you have a new logo. It's outrageous. That was just ridiculous. (laughs) One final item today. Effective sometime on Tuesday afternoon, uh, the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz will be changing its logo. Uh, I was honestly not. What a segue. I was not planning that, and I just noticed that it happened that way. Um, We're changing the name of this podcast to the College Football Daily. Nothing about the show is changing except the name and cover artwork. We just wanted to make it clearer to prospective listeners what our podcast is about. If you're already subscribed, you won't need to do anything to keep it that way. That's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Wednesday for the first edition of the College Football Daily.